Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have uh, four spots left for today's Patron Tequila tasting late this afternoon. You get to hang out with uh, Bo, but more importantly, the uh, disc golf, um, I don't know, five-star disc golf player, Blake Scott. We're having a Patron Tequila tasting late this afternoon, and we've got four spots available. Shoot us a text if you would like to Come and hang out with us. The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. 885-3776. Super premium, 100% blue agave Patron tequila. We are the uh, Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, breakfast and lunch today brought to you by Fleetway Market and the Market Cafe in Gluckstadt. They have over 20 locations in the state of Mississippi. Fuel up at Fleetway Market. On the way to Oxford and Startville this weekend to catch college baseball. Fuel up at Fleetway Market uh, for baseball season as we go on the run. Uh, our two teams, the Rebs and the Dogs, getting it under underway, kicking it off uh, opening day, so to speak, tomorrow in Startville and Oxford. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider. He's got the podcast. He's with Pro Football Focus. PFF.com, and he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line. All right, Steve Palazzolo, we heard from a Saints insider this week that the Derek Carr sweepstakes continues, but if they don't land Carr, then there's some buzz around Baker Mayfield, maybe as the backup option uh, or the, the next option. What what is the difference, if any, between Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew? I thought you were going to say Derek Carr at first, but this, but Gardner Minshew, um, I think potential. I think the upside. I think Baker's high end to, and better than uh, than Gardner Minshew's. We just haven't seen him in a while, or we just only saw them in uh, two out of five years in Baker Mayfield's career. 2018 and 2020. So, you know, he, he's gone on stretches where he's played among the best quarterbacks in the league, Mayfield. Um, but it's just been so inconsistent. And Minshew, I think, is, you know, probably a step 
probably a step behind what Mayfield's capable of, even though the the baseline is probably similar. So I think it's I think the difference might be upside with Mayfield. Interesting. Okay. What about what if Minshew's more has more the intangibles piece of the puzzle? And where does that does that do anything for you? Or you know, look, we know I'm biased, right? Because Minshew's from here. Um, I know he's a you know thirty plus ACT kid, off the charts, cerebral. You know, Leach told me how quick he picked up the offense at Washington State after not even going through the spring. Um, he's a winner. We saw what he did in high. Well, Baker is too. But intangibles, does that do anything for you as, as far as a better locker room guy, maybe a guy who's willing to study more or no? I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, when I look at Minshew, I've said to you before, I think he's probably a, you know, a low-end starter or high-end backup. You know, I, I don't want to build my team around Gardner Minshew, but I would love to have him on my team as a backup because I think, much like Jacoby Brissett played well last year, I know the Browns didn't win a ton of games with Brissett as quarterback, but Jacoby Brissett going out there and you can trust him to play well enough for six or seven games. It turned, it out, turned out to be 11 last year. I think Minshew could absolutely do that. I don't think you're building your offseason plan around getting Minshew in the building as your starter. But I would love to have him on my team as a backup. I think he's probably a top five or six backup in the league right now. Okay. And Is so, that nice enough to him? Yeah, 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 no doubt. I, and, look, I just want to – we're just trying to, you know, flesh this out. So, when you look at Minshew, you know, this is also an important decision. I don't know what he'll go for on the market. A few million bucks a year? Uh, I mean, these guys are, I, I think, becoming more and more highly coveted, what you just described. Uh, even if I argued that maybe he's a little bit better, the bottom line is if he is a high-end backup and if something happens, he can win several games for you, there's a lot of value there. Right, Steve? I mean, that that job description is probably worth 8 to $10 million in today's okay. NFL. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. I mean, there might be some teams that are – there's also – the you know, there's always some teams that need a bridge quarterback as well, That right? That – like Washington for the last seven years, basically they're, they're in between drafting, you know, they, they need somebody to start and, you know, Minshew is you know, always a possibility uh, along those lines. And that guy could be worth eight to 10 million, you know, at, you know, in the right situation. Okay. Wow. Blake, how about that? I mean, Minshew, think about that. He, he gets I'm worth to, eight to 10 million in the right situation as well, but who is not everybody knows that me. Oh, I'm worth no eight doubt. Ten million in the right situation, you know, and, and that's something I'm just not that there you, yet. You're going to have to negotiate with Collinsworth in the off season, but I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Steve you. Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus on the Out of Bounds Show. So it, it, now that he can do, he's a free agent. Like you don't want to make a mistake either, right, Steve? I mean, it's kind of that tough deal. Where do I go? You just mentioned. I guess is best case scenario to grab eight to ten million dollars. And you're talking about per year, right? Yes. Okay. Eight. Think yeah, about I that. Mean, that might be that. That's that's probably on the high end. I think for a backup, we see backups though. Big, you know, Five Cam Newton a couple years ago as a fringe starter making six. I mean, that's we see it. We see it sometimes. Okay. So but let's go five you, you to eight million. You go year to year. You go year to year though, right? Like if you have a one year contract, if you're in the wrong situation, you go somewhere else the next year. Oh. Always able to bet on yourself. 
I like that. So that's, I think, what Minshew and his agent and his team decide to do. Where can we find maybe a bridge place, and I'll sign for five to ten million, and and you do a one year deal? Is, is that the most? Is that best case scenario for Gardner Minshew, Steve? Yeah, the other option I got to check on. I think Teddy Bridgewater's back in Miami. I mean, we we look at the NFL last year, and so many quarterbacks got hurt. Obviously, two is dealing with all of his injuries over there. Perhaps you go to a place too where you've got a quarterback a little bit more susceptible to injury or whatever it might be. Yeah, Bridgewater also hits the open market. Like Miami would be a great place because, you know, two is having a tough time staying on the field and you've got those weapons there. If you do get an opportunity, you potentially look good. That's the other option, right? It's like a backup job where maybe there will be an opportunity to play. The other interesting opportunity there is the Arizona Cardinals because they have Kyler Murray, uh, injured for the beginning of next season, perhaps missing most of next season. They're in a complete rebuild. It's not the best situation to build your, you know, to build your resume necessarily. Cause I, I don't know if you're going to put up great numbers with that, you know, a rebuilding roster, but it could be a, that could be one of those bridge quarterback, you know, starting opportunities for the majority of next season, just because Kyler's hurt right now. Okay. Fair enough. Steve Palazzolo talking NFL QBs, Gardner Minshew, uh, we'll see what he decides to do in the offseason. I think Steve made a great point. You do a one-year deal, five to ten million, and and then see if you can find a spot where you can be a bridge starter and see what happens from there. He looks to make a ton of money though over the next few years, either way, which is exciting. Aaron Rodgers, Vegas odds have him going to the Raiders, but then the Packers are listed second. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I was, I'm thinking the Raiders or the Jets. I mean, um, you want me to really predict what Aaron Rodgers is doing? He's sitting – this is his last day of sitting in darkness for four days. You want me to really predict what that guy's going to do? That's a good point. Who's going to predict that? Point. Who could possibly predict whatever? Like, where would you go coming out of four days of darkness? It has to be the Raiders, right? feels like that would, that would match. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the Raiders would be wild because then you would have – um, Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Sean Payton now in the division. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and if you're the Raiders, I mean, I know Derek Carr is now the other hot name when it comes to free agency. That's the guy that the Raiders chose to move on from, which is, again, the nature of the NFL. Derek Carr is, you know, not good enough for certain teams, but, you know, going to be the, the big offseason signing for another team. So mm-hmm. – the Raiders, if they're going to upgrade, the only option is really Aaron Rodgers or they hit on somebody in the draft. So I think the Raiders, you know, perhaps going all out for Rodgers, getting him back with Devontae Adams. And, and the Raiders, if they have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, Fro, uh, Hunter Renfro healthy, which they do not have this year, that is a dangerous offense. They get the offensive line sorted a little bit better. Very dangerous offense. And uh, could be appealing for Rodgers if he's not – worried about going to a division with the Chiefs, of course, who are going to be the Super Bowl favorites again. And and then the question is, what do the Packers do? What's do the role really of Jordan, Jordan Love? Love yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna see. And I know we only we saw a tiny sample size this year. We saw a tiny tiny sample size last year, but in the in the small sample this year he looks better, you know, for whatever that's worth, better than we saw in two thousand twenty one. They're in a spot where they already have to, they have to make a, 
decision on him at the end of this season if they're going to pick up. Uh, no, sorry, they have to make the decision right now this off season if they're going to pick up his fifth year option. And I'm assuming that they would. You know, they've seen enough in practice that they're going to build around him and give him 2023 and 24 to be their guy. So I think that's where the Packers go unless they unless they decide to scout quarterbacks and and go that route in the draft. I think I think it's we're going to see Jordan Love in Green Bay. Yeah. Okay. What about Lamar Jackson? Do you expect the Baltimore Ravens to franchise him? Yeah, but I don't know what that does. Uh, Lamar's his own agent. You know, the negotiations get you know pretty difficult when you're the when you don't have an agent when you don't have that buffer. Um, you know, so I, I don't know what happens. I think the longer we get into it, though. The, the worse it looks for maybe Lamar being with the Ravens, you know, the fact that even gotten to this point, um, I think we'll probably see a franchise tag, but I think we could see a tag and trade opportunity. We could see multiple first rounds being thrown at the Ravens and see if they end up um, looking to rebuild a quarterback. Um, it could get crazy in, in Baltimore. I, I usually lean toward, I think they'll mend, you know, bend it and figure it out, but, if the Ravens go the franchise tag route, I feel like that could really piss off Lamar Jackson and we could see a trade situation. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I used before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Uh-oh, I hadn't thought about that, Blake. Palazzolo just brought up a great point, pro football focus. No agent, no buffer. I, I think that's that's something to really, really focus on. Because if he's the guy on the phone with whoever the GM is and Ozzie Newsom, who's been moved to COO, CEO level, whatever, um, it does become more personal. I mean, that's the whole point of an agent being the buffer and being able to do some of the minutia, but the really, really tough negotiating because with a team, because Steve, it's already personal for all these guys, whether, whatever they say it's, I mean, we've seen Rogers. It was personal for Tom Brady. It's personal for Drew Brees. He went through two really tough negotiations down in New Orleans over the years that I think that piece of the puzzle is not something to sleep on the fact that Lamar Jackson is his own agent. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so he has the team. The team has to go in. Like the whole point of negotiating is to say we, you know, we want this and you want that, and why don't we want to give you as much? You know, the Ravens have to say here, hey Lamar, the reason why we don't want to either lock you up long term or give you as much guaranteed money is because we don't think you're durable or we don't think you're as good at this or that. I mean, that's 
what happens in a negotiation, right? Like, we think you're really, really good, but. Um, and the but <laughs> that they say is what when guys get offended, right? If, if it's. If it's you, like if I was negotiating my own contract and somebody's like, "Hey, you're uh, you're not good at this, this, and this," that's that's tough. It's easier for an agent agent to handle that and then filter it back to the player. Hey, they love you. Right? They love you. Here's the, here's the offer. So yeah, I think that that makes it difficult. You save your three percent or whatever at the end of the day, but um, it does make for probably some difficult negotiation. The other part is the Deshaun Watson deal becoming five years fully guaranteed. Ooh. That changes the game too because. It's this sweet spot of uh, Mahomes and Allen have gone this 10-year deal route, which is really team-friendly. It's a ton of money, but it gives the team so much flexibility to move cap space around when they need to to properly build the team. And then the opposite end is the quarterbacks who, you know, Kirk Cousins of the world, who only want a three-year deal and have a lot of that guaranteed, if not all of it. And it's less flexible, and then you're going to have to re- renegotiate every three years. And, and you don't have the ability to move cap space around. So, Deshaun Watson feels like dead smack in the middle, and I'm sure Lamar Jackson wants something similar to that, which, again, is not really a team. It's really on the player-friendly side, and Lamar's probably pushing for that, I would assume. Wow. So, Lamar Jackson represents himself, and, and that is just straight direct to the Ravens' front office. And Steve Palazzolo joins us. In the last 20-something years, the Ravens have been one of the most well-run organizations with Biscotti and Newsom and, and Harbaugh. Um, a little bit of Brian Billick, but, but Harbaugh's been a, pretty amazing, and Newsom's awesome. Uh, all right, so they don't play around. They don't mess around with a lot of drama for the most part, kind of like the Steelers. Um, you know, you saw what the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They're like, we're just not going to put up with it. We'll move on. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens said, all right, we'll franchise you. We'll shop you. If we can get a few first-round picks, we'll start over. Yeah, just because, like, the Ravens, they, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But, like, they do make a lot of good decisions. Um, it was interesting that they not only traded for Roquan Smith, like I wouldn't have predicted this for the Ravens, but they traded for linebacker Roquan Smith and then paid him $20 million a year and re-signed him. So they, they signed Roquan Smith before they signed Lamar Jackson. It's another one of those things which might just be a procedural thing, but you know that could be offensive as well to your quarterback that's not locked up. right? We, you signed a linebacker you know, to be the highest played, paid linebacker in history. Um, you know, so all of that stuff might be adding up. And if there is a team, I'm very curious because we always use these talking points, right? Lock up your elite quarterback or make sure you have a first contract quarterback. That's the big advantage in the NFL. We haven't seen a team really pursue that, though. Really say, hey, this quarterback, we're going to move on and then go back to that first contract quarterback. I don't know if the Ravens are going to do that necessarily, but they might go that route and say, okay, we're not going to spend big money on the quarterback. We're going to stick with the first contract quarterback, build that roster around him. And it's, you know, you're starting over, there's risk there, but you're able to build the rest of the roster with that cap flexibility. So we'll be interesting to see if the Ravens, you know, are one of those teams that actually pursues that strategy. Hmm. You know, we've got a lot of question marks throughout the league, Steve, at quarterback saints, Buccaneers, Falcons, Panthers, Patriot. I don't know if the Patriots are sold on Mac Jones. Do you think the Giants are are, are sold, even though they got into the playoffs? And um, Dayball did a, a magnificent job. Or, are they going to continue 
to ride there. Uh, Washington, um, I mean, the, the it's a lot of spots that, with Geno. Yep. What? Yeah, that that's a ton of teams, Steve. It feels like the last three years, four years, whatever, the, the QB carousel has just been out of control. And I think it's because there are more starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL than there were 10 to 15 years ago. I use this example all the time, right? Like there was a point where Andy Dalton was probably the median starter, right? Your classic mid-level starter in the NFL. And if you were below Dalton, like you were in trouble. So you were, you were always looking. But if you're above Dalton, you said, hey, I got a starter. That's fine. We can win. We can win with Joe Flacco. We can we can win with Eli, right? That was that was what it was. I think there's way more Andy Dalton caliber quarterbacks now. There's about thirty caliber, you know, starting caliber quarterbacks, if not more. But then you have the league. So the Giants are the interesting one. Talk to some people at the uh, at the Super Bowl who think, hey, they're going to re-sign Daniel Jones probably, but they want to they want to make it performance based. They want to hedge a little bit. They want to be able to get out if they want, you know, in two years from Daniel Jones, which is similar to what the Raiders did with Derek Carr. So you have these mid-level, there's no real middle-class type of quarterback contract in the NFL. Either you make 40 or you're, you don't. Mm -hmm. And so what did the Giants do with Daniel Jones? Maybe they try to hedge their bets a little bit, but it's just, it's a fascinating time in the NFL because there's starting caliber quarterbacks like Derek Carr on the move one team wants no wants to upgrade from Derek Carr, but the other half of the league probably upgrades their quarterback situation by bringing them in. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, I've got a couple of minutes. Uh, Zeke Elliott is set to make eleven million while carrying a cap hit of sixteen point seven million and a dead cap value of eleven point nine million. What would Steve Palazzolo do as the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys? When's the first time I can cut him? I mean, if if you cut him right now, it's eleven, almost twelve million dollars of dead money, and it's a little bit easier if you do it post June first. I mean, you, to me, you have to get out of that contract as soon as possible. After this year, it's going to be a lot easier. After two thousand twenty-three, you have to get out of the contract as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. That's it. And with the cow, with what? Tell me what it means for Mike McCarthy to call plays. For uh, Kellen Moore is now with the Chargers. Mike McCarthy is now going to be calling plays. What can our listeners who love Dak Prescott and have followed the Cowboys look for? What will be different? What does Mike McCarthy like to do on offense, Steve? Uh, it's so tough because I don't I, – I, you see coaches evolve. Like, you do see coaches change over time. But the, the last time we saw Mike McCarthy, you're not going to love it, but – the last time we saw him calling plays, he wasn't doing a great job of just straight scheming players open. I do think Kellen Moore did that, you know, pretty well. You know, he had his warts as well, but he did at least scheme players open to a point, right? Um, I think Mike McCarthy got into this groove, and, and again, I don't know how much of this was Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers pushing back or whatever, but there was a lot of, like, when they faced man coverage, it was like, hey, go win your route. You know, hey, Jordy Nelson, go win your – Devontae Adams, just go win – one-on-one when you when you when you face man coverage you want to use bunches and you want to create indecision you want to make man corners you know pass off receivers and you know like this like watch the chiefs what what did the chiefs do on that i love patrick mahomes but man 
I could have thrown those two touchdowns. You could have thrown those two touchdown passes that he threw in the fourth quarter. No because they schemed open a wide-open receiver. And it had nothing to do with Mahomes. It was just a scheme. So that's where I think McCarthy was lacking a little bit with Green Bay. Now, I don't know if he'll improve that, be a little bit better, but that was the last thing that we saw with McCarthy and Green Bay. It was probably a little bit too much reliance on his receivers winning rather than putting him into position to um, to create indecision with, on the defense. Okay, a minute or less. If you're the Cowboys, do you go out and get a bona fide B to B-plus um, wide receiver in the free agent market? Yeah, I, I don't know if B2B plus you know makes the most sense. You, and the top two receivers on our board are Jacoby Myers from the Patriots, Juju Smith-Schuster, who we just saw. I don't think either of those guys put a huge dent in Dallas. I would explore the draft, of course. Um, maybe. I don't know if they could trade for certain players. You know, high, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is probably out of the mix, or Mike Evans from the Bucks probably out of the mix, but probably attack with volume, grab a free agent, and then maybe one or two draft picks. I think receiver is just too crucial of a position to go out there and say it's just C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. That's enough. I, I think they definitely need to do more at the position. Oh, I could not agree more, especially after watching the uh, the playoffs, both Dallas and the other teams that marched through. Steve Palazzolo, have a great weekend. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thank you. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Fleetway Market. Breakfast and lunch today, brought to you by Fleetway Market in Gluckstadt in the Market Cafe. Amazing food. Breakfast, lunch, Fleetway Market, Gluckstadt, the Market Cafe. Show's also presented by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road. Take your golf game to another level with our friends at Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Our hit with Steve Palazzolo, NFL, was brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Enjoy some hoops at the Sportsbook and Lounge this weekend. For Blake Mania, I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow.